the nature of your emergency. Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is tuning in on the Tactical Building Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I'm super grateful this morning because I am not spending it alone. I have Mr. J.P. McMichael and Jeremy Charlotte here. Good morning, you guys. How are you? Morning. Doing good. I know it's been a long time coming. The show is booked out for a while. Good morning. Good morning. So I appreciate you guys being patient with me and then hopping on and not no-showing or canceling, which really sucks when that happens because I have a long list of people that want to hop on and... um. Just get to know each other and i'm hoping that you guys are able to share a little bit of your stories and your backgrounds and some of what you do jeremy i revisited your book again this morning and there's so many feelings that come up for me about it and it's not even my story so i'm hoping that we can kind of touch on a little bit of that and for everyone who's tuning in if you comment the most on this thread um within the next 24 hours then i'm going to send you a grunt style range day t-shirt and you can choose your color. There's black, white, or military green. And I hope you choose military green because I just so happen to think that it looks the sexiest. So, JP, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit of your background? All right, so I'm JP McMichael. I'm a 25-year law enforcement veteran with the Sheriff's Office in Arlington County, Virginia. Um, I also teach at Marymount University. And I have a company outside of all of that called Catalyst of Change Associates. And um, I go around the country and speak on suicide awareness and um, mental health and wellness for first responders. And I'm an honoree with um, Operation During Warrior. Thank you. And Jeremy, what about you? Uh, I was a police officer for 13 years before I ambushed and shot on a traffic stop. I'm medically retired now. Uh, like JP, I also um, travel the country speaking about PTSD, uh, mental health, and uh, suicide and first responders and our military veterans. Um, I've published a book called uh, My Brother's Keeper, Relearning to Live uh, with PTSD. And um, I'm an honoree with Operation Enduring Warrior. I, uh, that's how I met JP. <laughs> cool. So before we get into how you guys even got involved with that, JP, tell us what what the Operation Enduring Warrior even is. So, and I think Jeremy's probably been doing this longer than I have. Um, to me, I was brought in by Chris Thorpe in 2020. We started doing a, um, he started carrying a pound of weight for every law enforcement suicide. So I hopped on board with him because the year before we had like 240 suicides. So I was like, this guy's going to get crushed by this. And um, so we started doing that, shooting these videos every day. Each of us was, we were carrying the weight. Um, he brought me into Operation Enduring Warrior, and I want to say it was probably two to three weeks after I came in, um, the person that was running it, Aaron, Eric Schmitz, um, ended up losing his battle, and Chris brought me into a meeting with them, and I got to see a group of folks that came together like nothing I've seen in my 25 years in law enforcement. Um, they talked about this openly they talked about their own struggles and i knew just from that point that this was a group that i wanted to be part of they do so much to help veterans and first responders and the warriors voice program was right up my alley when i met jeremy he started talking to me about it and um, it, it teaches these vets and first responders that may not feel comfortable going out and telling their story. It gives them the skills to be able to do it. It gives them the comfort level to be able to do it and allows them to go out and 
be a beacon of light for other people that are struggling with their um, very similar situations that they went through. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And Jeremy, I would love to have you on the show again so that we can talk without any time restrictions about your story, because I think that it is one that is one of the more powerful ones that I have heard somebody share. But if you could just briefly talk a little bit about your story and then how that led you into Operation Enduring Warriors. Yeah, so um, I was, like I said, I was a patrol officer for about 13 years, uh, FTO, um, alcohol enforcement officer. I I was trained out the wazoo. (laughs) Uh, May 7, 2016, ambushed and shot on a traffic stop. Changed changed my entire life. Um, Afterwards, I I fell into a deep depression, um, nightmares, anxiety, PTSD symptoms, uh, hypervigilance. I started treating with alcohol, um, mainly. Uh, I wasn't leaving the house. I was deep, deep, deep into a bottle. And eventually, um, over the course of weeks, uh, that led to a suicide attempt. Uh, luckily, I'm here. I didn't make it. I, I didn't I didn't create that permanent solution to that temporary problem. Um, but that also led me to realize I needed help. Um, you know, if I, I was I was losing my battle and if I continued, I, I might not be here. So I started seeking out help. I started with my personal psychologist and a personal psychologist, a personal doctor, and and then it turned into a workman's comp thing. And it did end up leading to my retirement. But in the process, I started speaking out about what I was experiencing. Uh, for lack of a better word, I went on Facebook and I whined a lot. <laughs> and in doing so, uh, Operation Enduring Warrior heard me and they said, hey, you know, we can help. And just like JP mentioned, uh, Chris Thorpe and Chris Jacobson reached out to me. It was Chris Thorpe originally. And they're like, hey, we'd like to uh, talk to you about Operation Enduring Warrior, tell you about this awesome organization. And I'm like, great. These guys aren't going to want me. I'm a, I'm a shitbag. You know, I, I, I attempted suicide. I got a DUI, a police officer with a DUI. I mean, yeah, I was struggling and I was like, these guys aren't going to want me. And so I was talking with the Chris's on, on, on the phone and in my initial conversation. And they're like, man, they, they tricked me. They're like, we need you. We need you because you are going to help other people. And I'm like, yes, they're like, that's what I want. And then I told them about how big of a shit bag I was. And they're like, what are you talking about, man? You're struggling. That's what we're here for. And they reached out their hand and then they brought me on as an honoree. They're like, oh, by the way, here's our bait and switch. You know, we need you to help us. But now you're an honoree. <laughs> Thank you both for your service. Good morning. I made it. Good morning, everybody. Drop your questions down below. If we don't get to them here, then I'll go ahead and I'll tag um, both of these gentlemen in them. For for both of you, I'm just wondering because I know the mindset and mentality of an officer. So I'm curious to know what took you from the place of having shit that you're dealing with on your own to being receptive to, to receiving that kind of support. JP, go ahead. For me, I... Um like Jeremy, October of 2003, I almost shot myself um, being a responder to 9-11 and going through stuff for two years. My wife had left and one of the, I was at um, rehab. I messed up my shoulder. And one of the guys that I had worked at national police with police week with saw me and was like, something's not right with you, dude. Um, I want to get you in this group. And it was a, PCIS seminar with post-critical incident seminar for three days with Jim Horn, who was an FBI um, profiler and Kathy 
Thomas and Irene Hajasaba, and it was kind of a come in, try this out, see how it works. And it ended up they did EMDR on me and all this other stuff kept me on as a law enforcement person. And like Jeremy had said, I'm in this group thinking I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. And um, they made me feel welcome. They made me feel like I had a family and they got me the help I needed, kept me on. And they've been supporting me ever since and following me on social media, going to my speaking events, all of that stuff. So it was finally having that support system I needed where I didn't get that from anywhere else. Yeah. Jeremy, what took you from receiving a DM, I'm assuming, to getting on board to taking that call? So for me, I, I my rock bottom, um, you know, realizing that I, I was struggling and I wasn't going to make it on my own. Um, one of our brothers in the organization, Earl Granville, has a great analogy where he carries a, a, a cinder block. He calls it cinder block Cindy. And the intent is to it, it represents the weight we all carry with our struggles and how and he carries it through these obstacle course races that we go run. And can you imagine carrying a, first of all, most people don't want to do a Spartan race because it's so intense, you know, it's miles and miles and miles. And then imagine carrying a cinder block on a chain through it with you. The only way to do that is with help from your brothers and sisters. And that's what that cinder block Cindy represents. You know, you, you, you can hand that weight to your brother or sister standing next to you and they'll help you carry it. And then together you're going to complete whatever you, whatever goal you have. Yeah, that's awesome. I made it. It's great to see others help break the stigma that first responders in our military are suffering with mental illness and PTSD. Amen, brother. That's true blue love. I'm going to repeat that again. That's true blue love. And the reason for that is because I have had so many conversations with clients and people that reach out to me where I educate them on the importance of not identifying as a police officer when it comes to your identity. And Jeremy, I know from your book, you have personal experience with knowing that that brotherhood could very quickly turn its back on you. And I'm just wondering for the both of you, if you could share the importance for anybody who might not have a circle outside of their police department or, or their work environment, if they're not officers, why is it important to have that brother or sisterhood outside of your place of work? JP, go ahead. So what I've found is that is generally all that we do. We don't trust a lot of people and going out and I started teaching and I'm walking into this classroom with all these young folks and getting to hear their different perspectives on stuff and getting to see that there's life outside of here. I went through another program at Boulder Crest and again, got to see different perspectives of stuff. Um, Chris Thorpe, and I don't know if Jeremy had the same um dealings with him but he called me out a lot on my bullshit where i would give these like answers that were really canned and he would be like you're full of shit and he gave me a different perspective and it was some tough love but he gave me a much different perspective on things and just over the last few years with the students um, interacting with him talking to jeremy all the time um, and following different people online to try and get different perspectives and finally realizing this is a job that I'll be walking out of soon, happily, and um, going on with the rest of my life. And at the end of the day, my family and my friends are going to be the ones that are there. They're going to give me a cake, whatever it is, when I walk out of here. And that's going to be the last that I hear from 99% of them. Yeah. Jeremy, what about for you? 
You know, I think we need to realize, just like JP saying, that it is a job. You know, my identity was so wrapped up into being a police officer. I hung out with cops. I, you know, I, I, everything I did was cop related. And the, the unfortunate truth of the matter is cops don't like seeing the potential outcome. And unfortunately, we are the potential outcome. Uh, I am. Uh, JP JP was lucky to get the support that he needed with his department in order to stay on. But I am the worst case scenario. I was removed from my job. I was fired for when I, you know, I, I, I ended up getting back pay and got my job back and everything, but I'm no longer a police officer. Um, and to lose that identity because it's wrapped up in your job is it, it's horrible. So one of the best ways to avoid that is to not create that identity in, in the first place, live outside of a police. You're not the job. You are an individual and waiting until you're injured or until it's too late isn't the time to start finding a life outside of police work. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys experienced this. I've been married to a police officer for 15 years, but I have also seen so many wives in particular and families that fall into that same trap. And, you know, there's police wives groups and things like that. And I think it's so important for us to not just single out officers, but to realize that, you know, that thin blue line that we all talk about, like there's a time to clock out of that thin blue line. It doesn't have to be something that encompasses who you are. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I'm wondering then what are some of the projects that this organization offers and and why is it something that's important for us to educate people about so that they can get involved? JP. <laughs> so I'll, I'll speak on the one that I'm most familiar with, with Warrior's Voice. And it's most important, I believe, because... There's so many people, and I'm sure Jeremy sees it as well. You go out to speak, and you have all these people sitting in this audience with their arms crossed. Oh, this isn't me, blah, blah, blah. But then afterwards, when you're walking around, people will come up to you and be like, oh, I got this buddy, or I got this friend that's doing this or doing that. We all know it's them. Um, I found out firsthand from my son, who's 12 now. And we talked about this before on when I was on the show earlier. My son was kind of my biggest peer support person. And I realized that what I was doing, what I was struggling with, he took that as I didn't love him, that I didn't want him around. And having to have those conversations with him and finally see that it was almost like being a pot on a stove full of water. If you don't turn the heat down and it starts to boil, it will overflow and it overflows onto your family, your friends, and especially the little ones because they're sponges and they just suck that up. So to me, getting these men and women to be able to be comfortable enough to go share their story so that somebody that's in the audience when they're speaking gets to hear, you can make it, you can get through this. I did it, you can do it. And just giving them that little bit of light to get to the end of that tunnel. Yeah, that's amazing. Jeremy, what about for you? What projects are you working on? Uh, so uh, 
projects I'm personally working on. Um, uh, I'm trying to get my scuba certification. I really want to learn how to scuba dive. Um, but uh, within uh, war or Operation Enduring Warrior, um, we have the organization has five different programs. Um, they have the Warriors Voice Program, which JP and I are both part of. Uh, I'm the program manager for the for that program. Uh, we do also have a scuba program that uh, I'm trying to revitalize. Uh, Kevin Brown's going to be heading that up here shortly. Um, we have an adventure program, which is the kind of, you know, go hiking, climb mountains kind of stuff you see me doing all the time, the stuff I love to go out hiking, that kind of thing. We have a skydive program and an archery program. Now, at face value, you know, we, we look at these five programs and we're like, oh, they're so different that you can go do anything. But the bottom line is the same. We're, we're showing these people who are injured and in in some way either physically or mentally because you know we got guys that are missing legs and then we got guys like me who simply have five shrinks saying them batshit crazy so like i mean it's it's a spectrum of the guy and girl that we're, we're helping however the injuries are all up here it's it's getting past that block that says i can't it's getting past that abyss it's getting it's swimming up instead of swimming darker or, or swimming deeper into the darkness. And that's what this organization is, is really providing. Um, it's providing that new purpose. It, it helps us find our why. And if you know your why, you can do about anything. If you know your why, the the farthest distance you'll ever have to travel is that six inches between your ears. Yeah, that's beautiful. Identity is such a huge part of how we wrap it around our- our job to find out how to cope after we lose our job. I had a hard road to recover from that. Yeah. And I have heard that same story on repeat over and over and over again. And it isn't until we hear stories like Jeremy's that I think is sort of a wake up call. And I love that you two mentioned the importance of figuring that out now. And as Jeremy said, not being like the worst case scenario. Um, so number one, I highly suggest that you get a coin therapy and get some horses on board. Just saying. <laughs> number two, so I, I'm guessing that somebody can choose which one of those that they want to get involved with. Is that right? They can do them all. They, there's no limit. And then they would sign up to like go wherever that particular session would would go, or like how did the tactics work? So um, we have a website, EnduringWarrior.org. You'd go there and uh, there's an honoree application. They would apply for as an honoree. There's an onboarding process. They confirm to make sure there's no stolen valor type situations, anything of that nature. Um, And then um, once once confirmed as an honoree, the the doors kind of open. You kind of just we have. Currently, we have, uh, I think, six or seven different events across the country that are, are, are kind of our main events. Um, and we look for our honorees to kind of go do those. Now, there's other things like the skydive program um, where there's a waiting list and that type of thing because of the, the nature of getting somebody a class A uh, skydiving license. However, um, it, it's essentially, you know, you say, hey, I'd like to do that. And we go, OK, let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, we like we, we've had guys climb mountains. Uh, uh, Matt Bradford, for example, no legs, no vision, no problem. Uh, he's climbed mountains with us. Uh, Chris Wolf, you know, he did the Red Bull 400. Uh, he, he, he does speaking with us all the time just across the country. It's, these guys are amazing individuals and, and to watch what they accomplish, man. There's healing and helping others. And I think that's what OAW offers. That's awesome. JP, who would qualify then as an honoree? Um, it's any first responder military member and like Jeremy and I would 
defer to Jeremy on this because he is, as I said, the expert as far as that goes. But to my understanding, it's first responders and military members can apply. Chris was the one that brought me in and was like, hey, fill this out. Um, we want to bring you in here to do this. And then started talking to Jeremy and things have just taken off from there. And I will say, too, um, having I had my knee replaced last end of last year. And getting to sit and watch these folks, especially going through these obstacle courses and doing all this stuff that they're doing, you it is so inspiring to not only watch the men and women that are going through this, but to watch the mask team that are helping them get through, watching the volunteers that are going through doing this, watching Jeremy a couple months ago out in Alaska for 30 days going out and doing stuff that I'm sitting there going, I could never do this stuff, but they've gone out and done it. And when you think that you're having a tough time, you flip the stuff on, start watching these videos. And it's just amazing getting to see how people are overcoming this stuff each and every day. Yeah. So how can people get a hold of you guys? What is the best way to contact if it's something that they're interested in? Social media is obviously always available. Um, my email is available, j.charlow at enduringwarrior.org. Um, uh, yeah, those are the two main ways. <laughs> is it enduringwarrior.com or what is that? Dot org. Dot org, okay. Yep, yep. Got it. And then I know before we wrap this up, you guys, um, you both offer other services outside of this program. So just for anybody who might have interest, JP, what are some of the other things that you can do that other people might be able to use you for? So my company name is Catalyst of Change Associates. Um, I've written three children's books um, on PTSD conversations I had with my son, body image um, and anti-bullying for kids. And then I had to write a book for my daughter because she was upset. My son had a book and she didn't. So that one's on the milestones between a dad and a daughter from the time they're born to the time you give them away when they're married. Um, and then I just got a service dog. So I'm going to be writing a series of books with Taz and having like little stuffed Taz's made so that they can go out just facing problems that you see kids dealing with each and every day, whether they're at home or at school, um, that kind of thing. Um, and then I go around the country. I speak on PTSD, suicide, mental health and wellness. And then on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff I do. I try to do daily videos. I'm not that great at doing them every day, but I try to do short little daily videos, um, just motivation, whatever is on my mind, that kind of stuff, addressing issues that I'm seeing. Thank you. What about you, Jeremy? Um, so I, I am the author of a book as well. Um, my brother's keeper, relearning to live.com, or I'm sorry, relearning to live with PTSD. Hey, you have it. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I do do public, I do also public speaking as well, um, talking about my incident and, and the, the subjects we're talking about here. Um, in addition, I, um, I, I'm still on my healing path. I, I don't consider, I mean, I, I'm not sure I'll ever be healed. I, I, I don't know that that is a thing. Um, you know, I, and I run into some problems with that sometimes. Uh, some people disagree with that concept. Um, however, the way I look at it, if I'm not moving forward, if I don't keep moving forward, that invites the possibility to go backwards. So um, most of what I do is trying to live by li live and then show people by example that, look, you don't have to shut in. You don't have to turn everything off. This isn't the end. 
um, there's more forward. So I, I, I hope to continue to live and in doing so uh, motivate others to do the same. Yeah, that was such a cool thing that you just said about opening a door for vulnerability like that if you're not continuing to heal. And I think that regardless of, of anybody's past or experiences that they've had, we can all benefit from that statement. So thank you guys so much for spending time with me this morning. You guys keep dropping your questions down below and I'll make sure to tag these, these guys as soon as um, I get to them. And I hope that everybody has an amazing day. You two stick around for me while we end this. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.